Dear friends, welcome to the third episodes of the Pearl Dialogues. In this episode, we host and have invited on Odile van Eyck. She is the te a teacher that has a group in Germany and also works with private students. My experience of this podcast is that it is very delicate. There is such a sweetness in the field and I feel there is so much depth and love that comes through in this podcast. We explore not knowing. <laughs> we explore the sensitivity of the soul and how we as human beings can land deeper in ourselves. So this podcast, again, is an invitation into presence, listening with presence. At time, we experience stillness together. There is some music, some laughter, and some deep sharings. For those of you who are new to this work and new to this podcast, this is a podcast where me and Elin have conversations with teachers of the Diamond Approach School. The Diamond Approach is a teaching that is oriented towards exploring the nature of reality and also exploring our human potential. So before going into the podcast, I want to share a quote from Almas, who is the founder of this teaching. It's about not knowing. Complete ignorance is what will bring tr true knowledge. Knowing the answer to who am I happens only in the moment. The answer has nothing to do with the past. If the past determines the answer now, then it is obviously not the correct answer since the past no longer exists. To really answer the question requires that we see that we don't know and also that we don't know how to find out. Is it possible to let yourself see that you don't know the answer and don't know how to find it and still let the question burn in you? Who am I? Who am I? Can we allow ourselves to see that we don't know? <clears throat> Knowing the answer to who am I happens only in the moment. The answer has nothing to do with the past. If the past determines the answer now, then it is obviously not a correct answer, since the past no longer exists. To really answer the question requires that we see that we don't know, and also that we don't know how to find out. Is it possible to let yourself see that you don't know the answer and don't know how to find it, and still let the question burn in you? Who am I? Who am I? Can we allow ourselves to see that we don't know? If we assume we know, then we stop the inquiry. If we assume we know how to go about it, we assume we know what the answer is, that we know what we are looking for. Perhaps not knowing is the real knowing. 
If you allow yourself to see that you don't really know and you don't know how to know, something can happen. Maybe this is your first chance of really knowing something. Assuming that you know and assuming that you know what to do are barriers to true knowing. When you finally know that you don't know, you finally have absolute knowledge. Complete ignorance is what will bring true knowledge. <laughs> With that, I'm going to say enjoy. And thank you. Welcome, Adil. Thank you. Thank you. So nice to have you here. We are, it's me, of course, Eileen. I'm from Sweden. And Yuva C, where are you sitting in the world? I'm in Oslo. You're in Oslo. Yeah. Yeah. And Odile, uh, am I right? I'm guessing that you're in Holland? I'm in Holland, yes, in Hilversum. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, beautiful. So we're having this like meeting together um, from these three different countries. And, and yeah. So I would like to invite you, Adele, to start a little bit about the from the beginning with your journey in the diamond approach. How maybe there are many beginnings, but how did you get how did you get into the work? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I got into the work because of my husband. He was in the school five years before I joined. I was on a different path at the time, and um, he taught me to inquire. So although I wasn't in the in the work, I did you know practice inquiry with him right from the start, I think. And through the process of inquiry, I got more and more guided, and I I just felt how my husband changed through the work. I, I, I mean, I just felt him change, and I could feel that change is what I want to that way of you know learning to be so that's how it was sort of drawn in and i you know i think from right from the start inquiry has been an absolutely uh, you know big gift in my life that has guided me uh, yeah so that's how it started and i came into a group that was already existing europe 23 it was at the time it was europe 3 we merged later uh, so that was a challenge. I had to um, listen to many recordings from retreats that I'd missed. So I was, you know, listening to a lot of um, tapes at the time, was still tapes, and doing the exercises. And uh, yeah, but then it was great to be able to join that group, and it's been my home group. You know, it's been really important, holding. Mm. Lovely to be in a group like that. Yeah. And that group is still ongoing. Yeah, we're still ongoing, although we're now merged with Europe too. Mm. And that I can't remember, maybe 10 years ago. So it feels now like, you know, we're completely merged and it's very nice. And yeah, many mm. dear friends in that group. Yeah. Mm. And it's amazing to, you know, to be with people over such a long period of time. And, you know, we've gone through so much together. And yeah, that's pretty, pretty amazing. Yeah. How long is the time? So I've been in the work uh, over 20 years. Um, the group Europe 2 started like 
maybe even 25 or 30 years ago and Europe 325 years so mm. it's like really you know and most of us expect we will stay till till the end mm. you know it's it's um yeah we share life together and would you say that your life or something has shifted after you also became a teacher shifted from student to becoming a teacher and continuing being a student obviously but how would how has that impacted your life now becoming a teacher as well yeah it has very much changed my life i mean my professional life my work life um i used to be a musician i played in an orchestra for 22 years and then um, when I joined the Ridwan work, I was still in the orchestra part-time. And I also worked with clients. I had a, a practice, but that was different type of work. And then when I became a teacher, I, I left the orchestra already before. But it seems very strange. But suddenly, you know, I, I just work with students now. And so all my other work seems to have disappeared. And it's, yeah. So now I'm a full-time Ritwam teacher mm. and loving it. <laughs> yeah. Mm. You know, when I was in the orchestra, uh, although I love music, obviously, I, I, I'm very, very touched by music. But being in an orchestra was never really the destination of my soul. And I struggled a lot, you know, being in the, yeah, being in that circumstance. And I think it was also inquiry, you know, that made me take the step of leaving my job and all the security that came with it and, you know, my pension, my insurance. So it was for a long time I felt, oh, this is not my place, but it's a big thing to give up a job. Mm. And, you know, I can feel that this work has really made it very clear to me. It was like a very clear moment that I just knew it was over. Mm. And then it was over. So it's amazing to feel that clarity mm. in the right. What's happening in you now as you're sharing this with us? It's a nice question. I mean, I think there's some moments in my life that really stand out, like there's such a, a clear knowing. And this was one of those moments. I will always remember it. And um, so it's touching to, to know that I've been guided so lovingly, so clearly, and that at very crucial moments in my life, the knowing was there and when I speak of knowing I don't mean you know knowing in my head because I knew it in my head already for a long time but it's like all of my all of my beingness at that moment knew it's over mm -hmm. and then there is never any doubt you know or feeling sorry it's it's really over then it's finished and yeah that's very touching that's that the guidance what we call in our school, what we call the guidance, to feel it so, you know, in operation. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. 
yeah. what's happening in you, I see, now, having listened to this. Yeah, I'm, I'm curious. Like, there is curiosity in me, and I moved to ask more questions. I was just on my way to ask, <laughs> ask another question. Um, beside that... No, I feel very touched to be in this space and, and relaxed and open and um, yeah, both curious and simultaneously receptive, I would say. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, and when you say that, I think that's the basic attitude or yeah, of, of a student yeah, to be curious and receptive. And um the teaching does the job. It's. I was thinking before this uh, discussion. Now we are having this meeting. The word teaching is really strange in a way. I mean, when we speak of teachings, we think, oh, it's it's a thing. You can read about it in books, and you learn it. You know, in the way we sort of think of learning. And this teaching. And it's taken me, you know, I suppose many years to fully feel it that way. It's not It's not at all like that. Hamid has written many books and we read them, but the teaching itself is such a living beingness. You know, it, it's, it's, it's really the transformative agent that does the work, or work, I mean, you know, does the transformation, uh, so being receptive is, I think, over time we learn to be more and more receptive and to trust that it's okay to be receptive. And then it just takes place. And that I find really is so amazing and so, yeah, wonderful, really impressive. Mm. Yeah, it sounds like something I read on your profile that being in the teaching and manifesting is sort of happening simultaneously or is that what you're referring to or yeah yeah so the teaching mm. I yeah the word doesn't really fit anymore so the the unfolding the mystery I like the word mystery mm. you know gets more and more free space to be every unique manifestation Mm. that's what the mystery obviously loves and plays with it also feels playful it's not a serious business you know this this path it's full of surprises and full of um, yeah surprises is a like wow mm. yeah so I, I I very much resonate with that. And one thing that I've been contemplating over the last couple of days or last weeks is this different dimensions of our consciousness. So the human dimension or the human self, and then you could say more the metaphysical self. And when you were talking about being in the orchestra, you were talking about um, partially talking about like the difficulty of being in that and simultaneously 
having a feeling or intuition i'm meant to i'm not meant to be here long term and the struggles around security and the and the risk the uncertainty about you know potentially stepping out of that like after having kind of been in this process for such a long time what is your understanding of the human self the human part of us how do you relate to that dimension of ourself and in relationship to you could say the metaphysical either soul or um, our beingness beyond time and space. How do you see that relationship? Yeah. So I very much feel um, in when I feel in my own life, this own manifestation that um, I came into this form or something came into form and is walking through life um, learning. Learning feels very central to me. Learning to be its fullest potential, I would say. And of course, I don't know what that is. I can't, I can't know what that is. So it feels like it's so out of my hands, the mystery, you know, why this form appeared in the first place and then what it's meant to um, grow into or develop into or blossom into. So none of it is my doing in a way. And yet, there's also the person, the human being that lives a life and makes choices and has made many, you know, choices that have created difficulties. And then I think the difficulties are just the next grid on the mill to, you know, for the pearl, for our true self to appear. So I feel it very much as a, now I speak of it now as, a, as the rubbing. So the personality that forms the conditioned self and this mystery that, for whatever reason, is happening. You know, it's like a, a rubbing, like a dance, like a, a love affair also. It's, it's very intimate. And um, it becomes more and more intimate, you know coming from a, a certain background, having conditioned a certain way, things were very gross compared to now. You know, my personality was much grosser and all the events that I created in my life, you know, it, it, it was much more gross, but that grossness that, do you know what I mean with the word gross? Mm -hmm obviously was necessary for something to wake up and to start to be interested in uh, in something else. So the self was very self-obsessed, of course, self-absorbed. And it was really through a lot of painful, you know, it was through suffering and curiosity that the waking up started to happen. Does that make sense, Basim and I? So I feel it's, it's, I just go to, yeah, it's very mysterious. Mm. 
how the two work together. How does that resonate in you, Ellen? How does it, how do you receive that? Yeah, if I, <clears throat> if I try to mirror a little bit, like, and see what I'm, I'm hearing you saying, and you can say if, if, if that resonates, that um, a part of, of the ego structure, there's some grossness to it, some like self-absorbedness, um, which during the work, you have small awakenings or big awakenings realizing there is something more, but that is quite painful. And is that what you're referring to as the rubbing? Um, or is it, it, it's where specific suffering, you know, specific losses in my life, I could say that were so painful that from the ego self, I just couldn't manage that anymore. So that made me look for, you know, first of all, therapy and then all sorts of other things. So that kind of guided me to a more spiritual perspective. Mm. And then, um, so the, the real suffering that I had, you know, before I did this work uh, has really changed. Yeah. Yeah, and, and to your question, was see like how it resonates with me. I Like what comes to me in, in the flow is... Um, this that for me the work to to do the work because nothing else really works yeah. like it <laughs> i've tried different things um after being in painful situations being left by by people who i loved in different ways and and then realizing there must be another way uh, and from there also connecting to non dual awareness but but that is painful because I've been raised my entire life to believe that it's it's me. I need to take care about me, and now all of a sudden everyone else is also me. Yeah, and I'm aware, and that's like, who? And that was, yeah, I cried a lot. <laughs> yeah. I cried a lot when I discovered that. Uh huh. Yeah. Oh, no. mm. So we lose things on the way. I love it when you say nothing else worked. <laughs> yeah. So something in us searches for, you know, till something works. So, and I think that's the soul then resonating with a path mm. that to this soul in that moment is the right thing to follow, to receive. Mm. Yeah. Mm. And now, you, you mentioned the word suffering. Um, I'm curious about that. So in my own life, I see that, you know, there is this access to, to, to being and the mystery and there is an awareness of this. Simultaneously, I notice that the human part of me or the, um, yeah, the, the human part of me I mean, I do experience frustration um, at times, particularly navigating this life. You know, there are many challenges that are served and to like over time, particularly over the last month, I've, I've really dived into 
allowing and being more and more vulnerable and more and more sensitive to to that dimension of myself i see that in the process of doing the work also how you know there can be developing a spiritual ego like a spiritual ego on top of the ego or not necessarily on top but just like an expansion or a change or a or a transformation of the ego into also becoming a spiritual ego which can negate or try to kind of escape somehow like the human aspects of things but i see in me um that there's clearly a human dimension to to what i am and navigating life um is demanding and and really demands yeah choices to be made and so forth who makes those choices ultimately you know that's something that one can discuss but um essentially i experience this flow and and the need to make choices and also frustration and desires about you know this and that and and, mm -hmm. and longings and so forth mm -hmm. so i'm wondering how is that for you now? Like, how, do you have you seen an arc of transformation when it comes to that? Do you still experience these human aspects of yourself? Or have they dissolved? Like, where are you at with this? <laughs> I'm very, still very human, but it's interesting. Uh, I, I start with suffering, and then we come later to the longing and and uh, frustrations. Um, so I've had two very big losses in my life. One was when I was around 30, when my husband and I found out we couldn't have children, which was an incredible, you know, blow to me. It really knocked me out for seven years. I was just really knocked out, uh, you know, like depressed and, and very, very affected. And that loss I really took as against me you know like it it was like um yeah against me somehow i experienced it like the life force of i mean i didn't think in those terms then but it was like something was taken away from me it was very personal excruciating loss and um so uh four and a half years ago my husband died unexpectedly and which was of course a huge loss is a huge loss but the way I experience it and the way I can be with it is so different it's not against me it's not it's part of the mystery that his soul for some reason you know had had done his life here and was ready to move on of course, I, I experience excruciating pain and the loss in many ways. But the bottom line is so different. So I can feel, okay, when things like this happen, and they do happen to all of us, these huge losses in life, we can, the, the real big suffering is when, when we um, take it, to mean some, you know, like, yeah, I keep using that against me, like some people experience it maybe as, as a punishment or as, as cruelty against you, you know, like, but I've really learned over time that that's not the way it is. Nothing is against me. It touches me when I say that. 
because that, I think, has been a big transformation in this soul. Nothing is against me, even when it is incredibly challenging. It's still an act of love. And it's for me the invitation to be open to that and to find the love and to trust. It's very touching. That's a really big change. Yeah, I never verbalized it this way. Mm. Yeah. yeah. Thank you. Thank you for sharing. Yeah. Thank you for verbalizing. Yeah. I am incredibly grateful that I can be with this loss now in this way. Mm. And, you know, my heart goes out to all the people that can't, that don't have the support of this path or any path that helps them. I can't imagine what it must be like. And what comes up for me when you speak of that is like the, the difference between being consumed in the ego personality and the narratives and the stories and the beliefs versus this um, space or this condition of being in presence and being like more, like being in some sense inclusive curious and simultaneously in a, in a in a real way detached from one's own narrative and the narratives of the ego basically mm -hmm. and much of the frustration that i see in myself is obviously um kind of a friction that is created be between what i think ought to happen or should be yeah. and what is not <laughs> <laughs> so yeah yeah I, I smile and I nod when I hear you say that because of course our ego selves are full with such ideas and maybe even demands you know like we have a right to become old or to stay healthy or to have kids or whatever it is that we feel we have rights to to have a good job to anyway all these things and um, yeah then life turns out to be quite different. And that, of course, creates a lot of what you say, you know, the frustration, the suffering, maybe a lot of anger, disappointment. I mean, a lot of suffering. And why me? You know, that's the question people often ask. Why me, you know? Why? And it's not fair. People shouldn't die young or people shouldn't this or that. And yet it happens all the time. And uh, so I, I think exactly what you say was the, the the turn from living from the narrative and trying to make some kind of logic and fair world you <laughs> for yourself and for the world creates an enormous amount of suffering. Yeah. It also brings in the notion of the ego ideal. Yeah, say more. Yeah, so just like I, I reckon this is a lot people can relate to, particularly young people as well, this comparison, comparing oneself with other people and then comparing 
the self or the the state of the self with the ego ideal the, the ideal self right yeah and how that kind of traps us in this yeah very miserable suffering state and instead of the space of allowing of of really um yeah just being sensitive and 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 feeling feeling the flow and the unfolding of life and really being intimate with the flow and and the deeper grounding in presence which which transcends you could say those narratives and is completely beyond that those stories and it's always you know itself pristine mm -hmm. yeah. yeah yeah and would you say that that change yeah, from living in the narratives and then slowly was it a slowly or how do, do you want to say a little bit more about the process that you for me yeah yeah so from I'm, all the comparing and ideals to yeah that's been a shift that's been taking place over many years now i would say but and it's primarily through the diamond approach teaching that that awareness has opened up and that shift from being identified with the narrative and and being consumed in the ego self without that greater awareness of soul and the notion of um, being and presence and how that is a beyond time and space so for me that's been a process over a long time and and now there is a deep intimacy with that dimension of myself and that is what i feel to be me you know that's the, the soul that is 100 what i feel to be me as i speak now as well uh, and then within this field of my soul i also notice um you know still narratives coming up and the ego reacting and the personality being triggered and sometimes being <clears throat> more agitated than other times and so forth and also the tendency of the superego to compare me to others you know witnessing my own enya type i'm an enya type three and how that kind of plays out so i feel that it's just been an, an, a tremendous ex expansion and also a lib very liberating process. And simultaneously, I see these processes of digesting ego structures and, and deconstructing narratives is still taking place within my soul. Mm -hmm. However, that shift, you know, that shift into deeper freedom and a greater freedom and that playfulness, that mystery mm -hmm. is, is for me um, primary. I can really feel my heart kind of expanding you know reflecting on it because that is a sense of refuge as well although you know it's in some it's, it's more fundamental than a refuge because refuge implies that you're kind of withdrawing to something else but i noticed that when the personality is agitated the wisdom of soul and the wisdom of presence is a tremendous support that allows for for um for me to be with with the process and and to be steadfast in in the inquiry and kind of not get lo too lost in these narratives even when they're when they're very charged and very heavy yeah. Uh, yeah. now you mentioned something and your type what is that for me and all other new students who don't know <laughs> <laughs> well the enneagram uh is a an old wisdom 
maybe you could say yeah vehicle or anyways as, I don't know how to describe it. it comes from the Sufis as far as I know ceremony Sufis I think and it's been underground the wisdom of it has been underground for a long long time I think centuries and resurfaced uh, with Gurdjieff and uh, Oshaso, Ichaso in Chile and has been become very popular. It describes nine facets. Uh, Hamid wrote his book Facets of Unity. So nine, nine entries, maybe nine. Uh, I'm not an expert on the way to describe it, and but it's it's very fascinating. I mean, knowing my own type is very useful. Uh, mm. Of course, it plays out in the personality. It plays out like the way I view the world. You know, it's like having glasses on, and that's what things look like. You know, through that window of perception. Mm. And Hamid writes beautifully about it, and he also has a new book about. He wrote another book about it that came out recently. So, for anybody interested, um, go to the literature. I would say, but mm. it is very useful. Yeah. yeah, because it does color. It does color your vision, your perception. Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah. So I thank you for letting me interrupt. Do you want to respond to what Vasi said, or how how is the flow going now? Yeah, the flow, when Wazi was speaking, I, um, so a bridge between the narrative, living from the narratives and the ego ideals, and the ego ideals bring life ideals, uh, what I want my life to look like and strive to make my life look like and compare it, all this, what Wazi was talking about. And I think, you know, for the younger generation with all the social media, that is very challenging, I think. Of course, that never used to be there when I grew up. And I'm grateful for that. But it's, it's a challenge. So coming from that perspective into the openness of yeah, the mystery or the, the soul having its life, her life, I think what is a very helpful bridge is to uh, get used to not knowing to allow not know and you know we are so when we go to school we learn all these things we're so expected to know when I ask you a question you know you think you need to know something an answer it's so deeply ingrained in our conditioning you ask me something I immediately think oh now I need to know something and I need to know the right thing the right answer there's a lot of pressure on the soul. Also, in inquiry, people, you know, they come in with the attitude, I need to know something. I need to know where it goes. I need to somehow orchestrate this uh, journey. And the, the truth is, we don't. We absolutely don't. If you ask me, do I know who or what I am? I can't, I can't give you an answer. I can maybe tell you what I experience in this moment, what I take to be me in this moment. 
but I can't tell you who I am. And the truth of that can be such a relief. So I don't, and I don't have the responsibility to know. That is very important because we, we really easily think I'm responsible to know who I am or I am responsible to know what my life is about or where it should go. I'm the one making the choices here. You know, we, we easily believe, uh, live from that belief and working with students and also for myself to realize I don't know, I don't need to know, I can't know. And I'm not responsible to know this. Is, can you feel what happens when I say this? Just like opens the universe. It's like, oh, okay, so what now? And then the dance can happen. Again, I feel very touched, you know. It brings so much space. And I see... See some, I don't know, but I see you relax. I don't know if you are, but it's like such a relief. Mm. In every inquiry, and an inquiry is our basic practice, if you can sit there and not know and receive, and then life makes itself known. As you. Beautiful. It's beautiful. Yeah, it is beautiful. What a gift, huh? Mm. <laughs> <laughs> it's the gift life is giving to itself. Mm. When you talked a bit earlier about the mystery, I I um, I heard it like you were almost talking about the mystery like a person, like a, a individual. That was that was new for me. I don't know if that is your where you're coming from. What happens in you when I say that? Because <laughs> it was like this mystery to get to get to know, and then when you were sharing that it was. It was like there was a part of me who I recognized as the mystery. I saw it as a woman who was really happy to be recognized as a like like as a individual, if I in lack of a better word. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's a nice question, Aileen. Mm. Yeah. So when I hold the concept mystery in this moment, it is absolutely vast and no specific form. It's it's very, very, yeah, it's really mysterious. But then, for some reason, it comes into form. In your form, in everybody's form, in, in everything's form. So somehow, in that mystery, something seems to be alive or moving into form and out of form. So again, that is totally mysterious. What is that? That makes form happen and then makes form unhappen. It's, it's totally mysterious. And when I speak of that now, then forms also become less definite, you know, less 
solid somehow it's more like everything is a bit like a soap bubble and you know you it's it's and it has a certain um the sound of silence i would say i can hear it but i can't i mean it doesn't have a specific sound but it i can hear the sound of the mystery i've never said this before but yeah yeah i feel it or what's coming up for me or happening inside of me is like when you brought in this notion of not knowing i recognize or due to the receptivity there is an allowing of that to emerge as as it's being transmitted or communicated right as, as as it's being highlighted and like you said it, it is you know it has this vastness and also i would say relaxation and also an, an element of blissfulness to it like an element of delight in in not kind of contracting or trying anything it's it's more freedom um and then what comes up is action happening, like action, action through non-action or doing through non-doing. Mm -hmm. And how do you experience that in, in, in your everyday life? Like how, how is that for you in, you know, waking up in the morning, making dinner? Like how, how does this wisdom flow in your everyday life mm -hmm. yeah lovely question uh, and then the word flow is so fitting here so the way i would say it i'm either in flow or i'm not in flow and uh, when i'm not in flow you know the, obviously the ego self is in the way trying to whatever manage or meddle or change something or has an idea how it should be going and controlling and all that stuff so then I'm not in flow and a day a day feels totally different. An hour feels very different. Uh, it's hard work in a way, you know, and things become tasks. And I got my task list, you know, it, it's, it's like, so the head, you know, the mind, the ego mind is then constantly on top of, on top of it trying to be on top of it. I, I mean, I know this very well, and to this day, you know, it's not like that's gone. But I do increasingly experience hours, days that are in flow. And it's, it's, uh, it's just that, it's in flow. And I'm often surprised after a day like that. I look back, for instance, and I think, wow, how on earth did that all work out so well? You know, I didn't try and time anything and it just, it was amazing how it worked out. I had visitors last week, um, staying for a few days. And so we had, we had two days that were totally in flow and it was just beautiful and perfect. And 
I was just so surprised, like, wow, how lovely to be in flow and easy, effortless. Mm. And it can be very, like, mundane things, you know, like when to have a meal or what to have for a meal or... I mean, it's it's not about anything big or spiritual. It's just very mundane. And at time, at the times when the ego is more agitated, or there is like the absence of flow, but more the struggle, like. How do you, what is your approach being with that? And in, in those situations, how do you experience yourself? Mm -hmm. Well, depending on how much I'm caught. Mm -hmm. um, so I, uh, I become more fighty, trying to change things, trying to have things my way. So uh, my heart closes more. So, so I become more like a thing and I treat everything and everybody else more like a thing. It has a, um, like I can go to the supermarket and, you know, because I'm in a hurry or I feel I'm in a hurry, you know, I do things like this, you know, and I treat people like this and it becomes very... Um, Ugly, I would say. Heartless. Um, and depending on how, how awake I am or not, you know, I will notice it more quickly or not so quickly. And then when I notice it, I will try and slow myself down. For instance, one phrase I use, I like that, is... I have time for this moment. That's a very good one for me. I have time for this moment. <laughs> so that can help me fall out of the red race. Or um, I can break it. I can, for instance, sit or do a little bit of gardening will often help me uh, get in a, in a more flowy space. So I, I have my ways to help myself. And sometimes it just simply doesn't work and something needs to rage itself around. And then, you know. But I would say, having been in this work for a long time, there's a lot more uh, flexibility in the soul. So there is more choice more awareness, of course, and just more options. I can do an inquiry that will certainly shift my state of being. I have time for this moment. Yeah, it's a good one. Huh? <laughs> yeah. What's happening in you, Ellen? And this uh, question arises in me, like, how does it become any better than this? <laughs> like, I have time, like, yeah, just enjoying. And I don't know, it doesn't need to be a, 
I answer to that question, but I just like that it comes to me in this moment, like so much possibilities. And in my body, I'm feeling very peaceful, very calm. Mm-hmm. What is happening in, in you right now, I see? Yeah, I feel that sense of peace as well. And yeah, like I can see this parallel process. So it's it's the beingness of now and then simultaneously I notice how my consciousness or my soul is stimulated by the conversation and several of the the sharings as, you know, I'm allowing it to impact me, you could say, allowing it to kind of really uh, be received and also kind of contemplating the the impact. For instance, um, I have time for now and and I, I feel one that was very potent for me was the just allowing oneself not to know and and having that mirrored and confirmed and kind of transmitted was very yeah yeah i feel the deep wisdom in that and it's kind of affirmed in experience as well so i feel like how 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 much depth of wisdom is is held in in that statement and that knowing and that understanding and that mm, reality of not knowing What is happening in you, Odell? Yeah, as I listened to the two of you, uh, what came to me is that um, in the not knowing and, you know, the every soul has its own path and its own timing and its own pace. So digesting, the word digesting, I think, uh, passed by so important receiving allowing digesting which means just like with food you know it goes through all these processes in the body like teachings like words when transmission when we really allow time and space for it and give the soul her own pace to digest to absorb that is so important. And it's one thing, you know, um, we may think the more retreats I do, the better. The more books I read, the better. The more teachings on YouTube or wherever I listen to, the better. You know, filling ourselves up with impact, with food, can actually be, I don't know if it's harmful, but, you know, the soul is so sensitive. And it's so personal what your soul can absorb and wants to absorb and is ready to absorb it's so personal so again you can't compare yourself to anybody else and it requires a deep listening to what is your pace and that's something that I've really had to learn and I have learned that in the Ritwan school so not to judge anybody you know and that it's like okay everybody is in their own mysterious unfoldment. And nobody 
there's anything to say about it. I mean, I don't have to say anything about my soul. The soul is telling me what it can take in. Mm. I feel a lot of heart in that. I feel a lot of heart. Yeah. And respect. Huh? Mm. Yes, huh? and respect. And when when you mention heart, and when I look at Aileen, she sits here in front of me. <laughs> I I also want to say once more that this path is a path of joy and beauty, and it's we can think you know a spiritual path is serious and is you know we have to work through all that all our suffering and traumas, and that is all true. It's it's a lot of digesting of old things but basically it's a path of I can feel it now you know the joy in my heart the gratitude and it's a path of beauty what comes to me when you when you say this 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 um, that I'm so happy for for the community in the work or the group the, to have friends to share this joy and beauty with it, it's uh, making my life very meaningful. And uh, it can just be like, as we said, it doesn't have to be anything serious, spiritual. But just like last night, I had a, a dinner with my, my friend in my diamond group, and we were just enjoying one another's company and flowing. Like like you said, I'm realizing that. And we have quite the age difference. I'm more the age of her daughter, and she's more the age of my mother. But then when we meet, it's like, and we talked about this, like actually, that it's like our souls meet. And then there's no age. There's just this joy and, and beauty and flow and really enjoying being with one another's company. Uh, and we were a bit like amazed both by that, that we, we haven't known each other in time, in the normal texture of time for that long, like one year. But now we, we share so much beauty together and we're on this path together. And I feel, I mean, I'm so happy. <laughs> it's, it's amazing to have these good quality friends and also work on myself <laughs> and my suffering. Yeah. yeah. And we need each other to clarify everything that we've learned about relating, eh? mm. to really become more real in relating and truthful. And we need to bump into each other and rub. And so it's wonderful to be able to do that with people who have the same orientation, like wanting to know what's true and mm -hmm. might be projections or whatever. Yeah, yeah lovely. Nice. Very precious. Speaking of beauty, shall we play the song? Yeah. <laughs> Let's.
Yes, I've chosen this song because it speaks to me so deeply. And I love music, so diff at different times, different pieces will come along. And now it's this piece. Um, I love it because it's so simple. It's so innocent. It feels like somebody is just walking walking past and that's all it is so that's what i feel i feel very touched by the by the innocence there's no drama no heaviness it's it's like a perfume that just floats by in the air So one word that comes from me is light-footed. It's very light-footed. Um, has no assumption. And when I was listening to it just now, I it was almost like I could feel the pianist sort of touching the keys, the piano keys. It felt like stroking, you know, like it was just loving and you know where does this come from i don't know and that makes it so it's it's like just something that passed by and then it's gone and it has touched me it has affected me
kind of um, it's reassuring also for me that basically it's this simple it's not more than this And somehow that's really reassuring. I can just be a whiff that comes and goes. So this music for me symbolizes no self-importance in this music. It's, it's just that very innocent and I can feel my whole soul resonates with it fluttering, fluttering like a butterfly Is there anything else that I that's it? Thank you. Mm -hmm. What is happening in you, Vasi, having listened to the song? You know, I can I can sense and I resonate with the simplicity that I feel that it embodies. And for me, this connects with the with the not knowing that's been a theme throughout our conversation and the non-doing. Um, and beside that, yeah, there's a sense of stillness and peacefulness, I would say. And simultaneously in my mind, you can also notice with everything that has transpired and what we've talked about today and the whole journey, the arc of, of our conversation, that I can notice certain structures being kind of coming to the surface and, and I'm kind of working with that, like really feeling into them and, and noticing, you know, an example is shifting from that not knowing to suddenly becoming a somebody and just inquiring into that shift and feeling into that structure that I feel still inside my soul somewhere and, and kind of a part of my psyche or whatever. And so, yeah, there's parallel processes happening. Oh, <laughs> yeah, both the being and also the work, uh, you could say, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and as you speak, um, what occurs to me is like, okay, so, I have this sense now of 
Okay, so we can I can say this piece is has a name and it's composed by the pianist. So that's a certain you know that's knowing. We can say okay, I know that. Uh, I've heard this piece before. I know the piece, huh? and then I can feel like it as if something opens up or gets more and more transparent, right into the total mysterious phenomenon that music, that sound, that music, that this is happening. So it's, I have this fennel feeling, like okay, there's this basic fact that I know. And then it can just open up to like this. Mm. And I guess that's probably true for maybe everything. Or, you know, we know certain facts, but when we go beyond or open our consciousness beyond, then this can happen. So I have a strong experience of that right now. Yeah, it's nice. <laughs> mm, I can feel that. Yeah. What's happening in me? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Mm. As I listened to this song, I, I was like, I started smiling. I, I saw this animated man walking down the street in some small town. I don't know, maybe Paris. And it's like having this hats on and I don't know finding an apple or getting an apple and just enjoying life as in like life moving forward and also moving forward a place and a town where there is drama but it was like the protagonist of the song like in these tunes was unaffected by it like walking in in the flow and at some part I just like smile at the ease of it like not getting attached on the lack just flowing and walking and continuing and also like, see, I get an entire story of this song and who I am or who this person is in the song, if everyone is the same. But, but it somehow gives me hope to continue walking through, through life and with and from your losses, as we've talked quite a bit about losses in this episode. And it just gives me, me hope and enjoy and i i want to play this this song later today when i'm <laughs> walking in town so i feel this is a good place where Odil, maybe you would want to introduce and talk a little bit about the group that you're facilitating and starting in in germany and elin is actually a part of it and my mother is become a part of it or yes. in, in process of becoming a part of it so what's happening on on that level and and uh, where are you at in that process? Yeah, so the new international group is called Diamond Heart Europe 4, which means there are three groups already, Diamond Heart Europe 1, 2 and 3, and now we have number 4. 
and it's an international group so everybody is welcome it will be taught in English it is being taught in English and we started a year ago it was a weekend on zoom of course because of the corona we had to adapt our original plans and we met last October in Germany northern Germany uh, in person for the first time and last February we had our second full retreat a week-long retreat that was on zoom because of corona and now in October we are very optimistic to be able to meet in person it is an in-person group we meet twice a year for a week in a very nice place yeah it's really um, what can I say I've been doing this for so many years now and uh, with my own group and it's very precious and lovely and maybe it's good I think people may notice already but there is a a fund that supports young people who need uh, financial support so you know to really make it possible for younger people to join and um, of course to be in a retreat space together for a week strengthens the effect of the work it becomes you know like like a cooking pot a lot of cooking happening and then between the retreats there are follow-up meetings and you can have sessions with a teacher and you can there's a very active group in in diamond high europe for that organizes uh, inquiries among themselves and uh, so it's quite a lively group from uh, what i know so far yeah it's very nice so everybody's welcome you have to go through a, a, a application procedure but uh, if you're interested you can apply and then uh, possibly join Aileen is there anything else I need to say about that group see your member I I think it's filled with people with a lot of courage to look into their souls I just want to say that beautiful people yeah yeah and uh, yeah and also that everyone who are under 40 in the read one school diamond approach are considered as young so yeah. everyone under 40 could could apply for this um um scholarships or or um, financial support to be able to come to retreats uh, and also if you need to to bring your child with you to a retreat then you can also seek extra extra financial support for that so that's great would yeah, be beautiful to see more people yeah mm. yeah yeah mm. and it's also it's really precious of course to meet people from different countries and do this work you know we may think we are from different cultures but in the end the basic themes seem to apply to all of us mm. Mm. beautiful <laughs> yeah so we're coming to the end of our conversation now yeah there's actually yes. one more thing, uh, but I don't know if, if the time, uh, because on May the 30th, there is an introduction evening. Yeah. 
please uh, so there's an introduction evening that's online for that people can join if they want to um, have it have insight into into the group yeah yeah mm -hmm. so may the 30th 2022 yeah perfect yeah and yeah um i think before before ending we want to invite you if if you have listened to this episode and you want to share like your experience listening to it, um, we super much welcome you to do so. Um, how did it feel to listen to it? What do you think about the context? Do you want to just share your opinion or any questions you would like us to bring in further podcasts? Um, then you could contact us through the email in the in the bio. And we look forward to hearing from you. Yeah. Yes, indeed. Over to you, Vasi. <laughs> yeah, I just want to say thank you to Adil uh, for sharing this time with us. Thank you to Erlin. Thank you to myself. And thank you to all for <laughs> kind of getting together and making this happen. Um, we will, yeah, that's, that's all I have to say. Yeah, and thank you for inviting me, and it has been a real pleasure being with you. Mm. Super much pleasure. Thank you so much. <laughs> okay, till next time. Goodbye, Odile. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.